Is your relationship to your dreams? Do you remember them? Are they important to you? Do you use them to guide your life choices? No, I don't. I have two kinds of dreams, I think. I have dreams that I have mid long sleeps, and then, and those are just weird. Those are like ones that I don't remember, or they're like, they're the ones that like no one wants to hear about, basically, because they're just like too uh, nons- nonsensical to like make any sense. Right. Kind of it's narrative. just clearly you working through your shit so that no one else can even come close to understanding mm-hmm. what you're talking about. And then the other kind of dream I have, I think, occurs like between the first time I wake up in the morning, like after like and like I snooze my alarm and then like the second uh-huh. one. And those end up being like hyper realistic. Like and they're way more boring though. It's like, oh well, I was dreaming that I got up and showered and like yeah. did my normal stuff and then I woke up and I'm still in bed. And yeah, I those are more disorienting. Those are more disorient. They're very disorienting. Yeah, and they suck because it's like you're going through the misery of waking up and getting ready to go to. In my, mm-hmm. I remember getting ready to go to school, and then you wake up and you're like, "Oh man, got to like, do that again. <laughs> got to do that all again." Like I went yeah. through it for nothing. Yeah, uh, and they're the weirdest ones. There and so no, I, no dreams don't affect. I mean. I've had recurring dreams before. I've had ones, that, you know, like none that I would say like stuck around for more than a year. But like I, I, I tend to have rec- I have to, I tend to have the same dream multiple times before it kind of like works its way through my system. Oh, interesting. Yeah, uh, and like they're never like it's never the same dream. It's not like it happens. It's not the same dream comes back a bunch of times. It's like well. I can remember vividly in my childhood, I had one about a witch that lived and sat on my basketball hoop outside my window and just like stared uh-huh. into my window. Uh, so that happened. And then I definitely had the classic uh, college test you didn't know about or like prepare yeah. for or class that you had signed up for that you didn't realize. I've had those dreams. I still get those occasionally. Yeah, I agree. Those those stuck around longer than I would have liked them too. Um but yeah, like I don't know. Like dreams don't. I don't base any of my late. I don't. I don't base on my real life decisions based on like what I saw in my dreams. That's for sure. Yeah, I think that that is probably an okay thing to mm-hmm. do. Uh, there are plenty of folks who do give a lot of credence to you know dream interpretation and things like that. Oh man, um, I have. I like kind of no longer remember my dreams. Okay. Um. I think it's because I just don't sleep as well as I used to. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, like my sort of like Adderall addled two and a half to three hours a night, you know, doesn't really uh, give the brain much, much room to exercise. Um, so it's been a while actually since I like consistently remembered dreams, but I have, I, I think kind of like you, I have a, a series of kind of like motifs that have run throughout my life. Yeah. Um, breathing underwater. Hmm. Uh, is a dream that I have. Um, I mean, I've had it many times in my life. Um, it is. Um, it's not like drowning, you know. It's not like uh, it's struggling to breathe underwater. It's like I'm swimming. Sometimes it's at like Wintercrest Pool, uh-huh. and 
you know, I'm kind of down deep and I'm like, well, wait a minute, if I could just breathe down here, I wouldn't have to go back up. And so then I just breathe and then I can just like swim around and, and breathe underwater. They're, they're universally like uh, sort of happy dreams. I get that. And yeah, it, it's it's kind of my, I, I, I get flying dreams every once in a while, but usually they're just, <laughs> it's sort of like old fashioned Superman where I can like sort of jump uh and then just keep mm-hmm. the jump going for a little extra longer yeah i mean really originally super yeah that's very early superman originally the right. superman couldn't fly he could just leap tall buildings right he was just good at jumping yeah i get those kind of of flight dreams but i think the exhilaration uh is even greater sometimes when i learn that i can breathe underwater um those are disappointing ones to to wake up from back in the <sighs> land of the dry uh-huh uh, yeah, I mean, I'm tempted to just go ahead and dive right into dream interpretation with you right now. But I mean, like, I think, uh, I think if you're feeling underwater, the fantasy of being able to cope while being underwater metaphorically seems yeah. pretty, seems pretty like right there for the, for the dream interpretation taking. Yeah. I think that most of my dream motifs, this one is, is sort of on the positive side, but just about all of them <laughs> uh, have to do with anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> like I get, I get teeth falling out sometimes. Um, uh, since I quit drinking, I have like relapse dreams where all of a sudden I look down and, I, and I'm drinking a beer and I'm like so disgusted with myself. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Uh, abandonment dreams i get left in my dreams it's all just it, it's it's all anxiety <laughs> and i've had all of like all of them just about but before i had drinking relapse as it were dreams i used to have dreams that i started smoking cigarettes okay and i'd be really disappointed with myself for having started smoking cigarettes i'm always yeah there's a lot of like vice vice self-shame yeah. Yeah, and then I'm really really shameful about it. Yeah. <laughs> Anxiety and shame. Those are the uh overriding forces in my <laughs> subconscious. <laughs> uh <laughs> I I don't know of any man, I can't, it's like I can't remember I also don't really remember my dreams like certainly not long term. So I can't be like, "Oh, I here's the dream I had 3 days ago." I think I remember them moments after waking up, but not for much longer than that. Yeah. Uh, have you ever died in a dream? I know I have one time. It was, it was when I was a kid and it was like a, a, a teenager, a kid, but still a kid. And I think it was like a home invasion kind of dream. And I think I got, sh- I think I got shot or something like that. And it was like, yikes. And I definitely like had the sensation of like, I'm dying. And then I woke up. That was the only okay. So th- w- there was no afterlife. It was just like I'm. You just you, like you didn't that, so much like, die as realize you were going to die. Yeah, I mean, it was sort of just like I think things went dark in the dream, and then I just woke up. Yeah. Like it was sort of yeah. like that. Uh so I guess proving the Freddy Krueger myth wrong. If I die in my dream, I didn't die in real life. Um, yeah, but I. And I don't think I I only I've only ever slept walked or like once or tw- I've talked to my sleep I know once or like and I I think I still do that sometimes but like nothing coherent like I think I just like 
Uh, one time, I, I think I creepily laugh in my dreams or in my sleep a lot, and that kind of <laughs> that kind of weirds out my my wife. Um, but other than that, yeah, dreams dreams don't play a big part of my waking life. That's for sure. Um, I have never died in a dream that I can remember. Most of my dreams where I'm in like danger, you know, sort of nightmares or terrors. Mm-hmm. Um, I. You know, it used to be back when I regularly remembered dreams, I I was fairly lucid during nightmares. Like at a certain point in a nightmare, I would realize I'm dreaming and mm. I'm going to wake myself up. And then okay. in the dream, I would force my eyes open and then I would wake up uh, oh. in, in real life. Once I gained that ability, you know, nightmares became much less of an issue. But I also have a little bit of sleep paralysis so it used to be that when I woke up from a nightmare and and I would always be trying to yell and I could not make a sound. Mm-hmm. I would just, you know, I remember being a, a little kid and, you know, being like, Mom, Mom. And then it would take me like 30 seconds before I could actually make a noise again. Uh-huh. Um, and, and so that's a, that's a scary way to wake up. <laughs> um not having your voice and sometimes i would not have my voice like at the end of the nightmare you know and that would be part of the nightmare right and so waking up and then still not being able to say anything uh those were those were stressful times i i don't um i think sometimes i still can wake up and like not be able to move for you know 10 seconds or something or not not breathe real well but i i haven't had this sort of like you know locked just immobile and screaming for help but unable to to scream for a long time but boy those were those were uh yeah i'm remembering not enjoying that sensation very much yeah isn't it so funny though or funny is not the right word but isn't it interesting that like as a kid i think you have i think the phrase nightmare has a like you have real i don't know this for sure my experience has been as a kid i had nightmares now so much i don't have nightmares i just have like really uncomfortable dreams like i don't like yeah like it's not like a terror feeling most of the time these t- these days it's more just like like you said it's just like i'm very anxious or something like that it's like a different kind of negative dream it's it's like it's not terror uh, yeah i don't i don't feel like you know i'm not being chased by someone through a haunted house but there is a real like these ones that I gained the ability to wake myself up from. Mm-hmm. It was always like a real I, I, feeling under threat in some way, mm-hmm. you know, not like the boogeyman or whatever. The much more realistic scenarios, I think, um, you know, someone's attacking me or pointing a gun at me or something like that. That's when I would be like, I'm dreaming. Open my eyes. Got it. Maybe it's just that like. You're ima- like as a kid, the threats that you imagine are the worst, and then as you grow up, you're like you realize the world is has plenty right. of the plenty of <laughs> plenty of stu- bad yeah, crap. Yeah, I in don't it. need to make up things that are like <laughs> yeah. malevolent in my life. Mm-hmm. Got plenty of them. Or you like slowly, as we have it seems in our dreams, we've slowly realized like the biggest negative influence on our lives is ourselves. Like <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> it's all internal. Uh, <laughs> um. Well, why are we talking about dreams? Well, because this is our podcast, Podventure Time, where we talk about Adventure Time. Um, and in one of the episodes that we watched for this week, or that you watched for some other week, I guess, 
it, it, it involves uh, very heavily, and we can go ahead. It's, it's the second episode that we watched, but who cares about the order? Season 5, episode 30 is called Frost and Fire, and we see Finn having some... Uh, Finn has a wet dream uh, and a sexual awakening in this episode. I don't think there's any other way to view this, um, unless you don't know what a sexual awakening and a wet dream is, and then you just see Finn really liking the dream about his girlfriend where his pants are on fire. <laughs> right. And it's uh, it's the the precursor to the dream is watching her fight, watching her use her powers and be and battle the Ice King. Yeah, because the episode starts with Finn and and, and Flame Princess just kind of hanging out, and then Ice King flies by and just starts taunting them, right? Uh, as as he is wont to do, and then explaining his taunts. I realized actually watching this episode that Ice King almost always explains his jokes. Because A, they're bad, and then B, he's so desperate for people to think that he's funny that he can't just let the bad joke Can't sit. let it so sit. So he's explaining his taunts. It pisses off Flame Princess, and so they have a little skirmish. Right. Uh, and and Finn, Finn notices a, a feeling somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he... I, I certainly, I think he notices a kindred... Uh, he, he notices a kindred spirit, right? Like in, in this, this act... He's basically like yes. he's sort of like oh I like fighting the Ice King too. It brings it brings him joy that brings him pleasure maybe even more yes. accurately that he sees his girlfriend engage like engaging in an activity that he likes to do as well. And then he dreams and then he has you're right. <laughs> we can we've labeled the dream as to what it is and then uh, so then he then he takes it too far he. He yeah. decides that he would like to recreate that feeling. He kind of goes on. He's kind of like a junkie, like searching for a high again. And he kind of will go. He's like decides he'll go to some great lengths to reconf- recreate that feeling. Um, yeah. And so he goes through. He, he devises a plan, a series of letters, I think, that he sends to Flame Princess and Ice King, sort of under, under like, I think claiming to be the other, like, like as yeah. if, like, Ice King sent a letter to Flame Princess and Flame Princess sent one to Ice King. Yeah, he instigates this whole conflict. The first time that, that he instigates it, Ice King is just flying by again, and he, and he just says something, you know, normal, not even antagonistic, and Finn mm-hmm. says, I think he's making fun of you. Mm-hmm. So Flame Princess has to go fight Ice King, and then, yeah, to, to raise the stakes even even further, because Finn does behave just like a junkie, uh, in this episode, he he writes letters in the person of the other and gives yeah. them to them. So it's that very Shakespearean. Become... Yes, it is. <laughs> Which I mean, like everything that involves the flame, like the uh, the Flame Kingdom and Flame Princess, is kind of Shakespearean. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> their whole vibe is that. But uh... plus, like most plots in fiction are Shakespearean. I think. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think I read somewhere, listened to another podcast recently talking about like the how the lion king is basically uh hamlet and and then they're kind of like a lot of stories are basically hamlet if you think of right there's a lot there's like well, a lot, i yeah. remember i can't remember what play it was but it was one of the comedies and we saw it at shakespeare in the park here in st louis one mm-hmm. summer and you know it's like people hiding in closets and spying on other people doing silly things and like miscommunicating 
and you know mm-hmm. getting into hijinks because they're trying to hide something from another person like it was a formulaic sitcom that was written in what you know the 16th or 17th century mm-hmm. like a plot that would have been solved if they had just like been adults and talked to each other instead yeah. they yeah but instead it's comedy because they're all being doofuses about it right and here we have a plot that would have been you know i wrote down at one point i think like ah finn just communicate uh because Mm -hmm. instead of i mean even like he's kind of honest with jake about it but he certainly isn't honest with with flame princess or or ice king about it you know he behaves like a junkie you know doesn't enlist anybody to um help him he just knows that he has to get it and he's a little ashamed of it i think and so he goes to these these great lengths to uh, recreate the fight so that he can go back to the dream and and get another hit. Yeah, he's got a kink. It's just it. He's got a kink. And uh, and in the process, he he betrays the trust of his girlfriend by impersonating her and manipulating her emotions. Yeah. And that's not a great thing to do. Yeah, I just wrote down in all caps, do not manipulate people to get laid. It never goes well for either party. Yeah. <laughs> um, what we end up with, I mean, the the climax of the whole thing is a big. Uh, I think I was just what you were saying. I was saying before um, before we turned on the microphones, basically like a big kaiju battle between yeah. uh, like Flame Princess goes like enormo, and Ice King brings out all the big guns from his powers. And they battle and battle, and it gets to the point where Princess Bubblegum takes notice, I believe, and like yeah. realizes like this is a problem. But it's it's kind of too late. Like ice, uh, the Ice Kingdom is essentially melted. Yeah, Flame Princess is is prepared to just lay waste <laughs> to the Ice yeah. Kingdom, which she is in the process of doing. When Finn, I think, finally, I think he he goes and finds Ice King pretty pretty badly beat up and in rough shape, and realizes, you know. This is his fault, and and he needs yeah. to uh, he needs to fix the situation by coming clean, which he does. But then he has to deal with the fallout of that because, uh, rightfully so, Princess uh, Flame Princess is betrayed and hurt. Yeah, and and that's like a pro. I mean, like, and she comes from a family like that's her trigger essentially like being betrayed and hurt like she was kept in a prison by her dad for her her whole life essentially right so uh being betrayed by those you love by those who love her is essentially her worst fear yeah now finn now finn's gone and done that she says something to him like you know i thought you were the one person who and she like doesn't even finish the thought but that's Mm -hmm. that's what it is you know i thought that you were the one person that i could trust and who wouldn't manipulate me and try to use me to get what they want and that's the end they they essentially that that's the end of their relationship at least for now yeah at least a little break she's got to go be by herself for a while yeah she i mean to her credit she's very she once she calms down once flynn once once flynn is honest with her she handles herself very maturely like i mean she just says like i need to hand she's like i need time by myself and you know, don't come after me, basically. Right. She doesn't lash out at Finn any further. Uh, she doesn't destroy anything else uh, passive aggressively. Uh, yeah, she just she talks about her feelings and walks away. Um, it's a it's a tough one. It's it's Finn has had a more hmm, mature relationship with Flame Princess than he ever did with Princess Bubblegum. Yeah. Like I think. 
And so this one's a little tougher. Like, I think the writing was always on the wall with Finn and Bubblegum. Like, it was sort of like, yeah, like, this is Finn's first romantic crush. And it's right. like, those are those are going to never end the way you want them to. Or those are never those never ended, like, cleanly, essentially. Yeah, it feels like, you know, having a crush on your high school age babysitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it was it was very one sided and it was always doomed. It was always doomed. To I mean, when end. you're a child having a crush on the high school babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good God. I don't um, get babysitters never. So it's not my problem. Right. I was trying to save you. <laughs> Why save me? Wait, what? What did I do? Damn it, I was just about back in that dream. <laughs> um the <laughs> Well, now I'm now I'm completely off the track. I I was going to say this was I think this for me watching as a viewer, this was a tougher relationship end. This was a tougher one. Like I felt worse for Finn. Yeah. When when he when things ended with Bubblegum, I felt bad for him, but sort of in a parental way, like don't worry. Like, yes, it hurts now, but it'll be fine. Well, this yeah, one feels like, like it's for the best, right? Like, it was uh-huh. never going to work out with Bubblegum. Like, it's, it's sort for of the a best. Kind of yeah, thing. that's it. It's for Flame the Princess, best. You're like, ah, that sucks. Yeah, like this one, like you had a real good thing here, and uh, I could, cl- you know, it was like clearly giving him joy, and it stinks that you uh, handled it this way, right? Um, <laughs> so. Uh, this one's, this was a, this was a, a deep one or a tough one to watch for me. I enjoyed it, um, from a narrative standpoint, but certainly a, uh, emotionally charged one. Yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Are, are you ready to show Dave this episode? You know, you mentioned to me, I don't know, last week after I, I sent him, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he broke his arm. And so I sent him a book on anatomy and of course I you know, I'm just some big, dumb, fake uncle, you know, so I just go ahead and send the big fat anat- kids anatomy book, not realizing, of course, that there's more than broken arms that he might find in that book. And you, you, you accused me of accelerating conversations you weren't looking forward to. So, you know, maybe this is another sort of entree into the, the world of birds and bees mm-hmm. for you and for you and Dave. Yeah, you're just you're just put you're just setting me up with all kinds of, uh, <laughs> of 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 awkward segues, aren't you? Yeah, things are okay with the book, by the way. Uh, there there certainly is a section on like where do babies come from, but it's handled in a very joking and sort of uh, it doesn't. It, I think the book realizes that it doesn't. I think the author of the book is like, yeah, I don't want to get a bunch of angry letters right. from parents. Yeah, I'm not so, trying to have uh, that conversation before you have that conversation. Right. So um, we're fine there. But yeah, yeah, you're right. This would be, I don't know. Yeah, like he's, I could show him this one. I don't think, I wouldn't be worried that it would, it would, uh, I don't, I wouldn't be worried about it awakening anything in particular yeah. for him. Yeah, the the sort of like kink aspect to it, it you could easily not perceive that, you know, yeah. it, it, he he has a really cool dream that he likes, you know, and his girlfriend's in it. So he just has a dream that he likes and then he manipulates people to get back to that dream that he likes. It doesn't, you know, if you don't quite understand yeah. why Finn likes the dream as much as he does, you know, then he just has a, he just has a fun dream. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, that being said, I'm not going to like rush out and like force him to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm interested to see where I'm genuinely interested to see where the relationship between Finn and flame princess ends up. Uh Um, cause if it's a, it's a real one, it's a, it's, it's a really well-written arc between the two of them. And it's, each I feel like each time they each time they bring the two of them together in the stories, like they're the writers are really good about like every time Flame Princess is in an episode, it feels like they are bringing her in and something interesting is going to happen. Like it's yes. not where like Bubblegum was just like was always there. And right. not, it wasn't always about their relationship. Right. Yeah. Bubblegum sometimes is just throwing a quest at them. Right. But this always feels like, oh, like, oh, when when Flame Princess is in the episode, like. I'm going to learn something about these characters. And that's, yeah, that's like fun. A new as aspect a or stage of their relationship mm-hmm. we, we will get to explore. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we've seen, and they, I agree that, that it's been well written as, I think that Flame Princess, weirdly, you know, coming from the family that she does, I suppose, does tend to communicate uh, better than, than Finn does. That That may just be, you know, girls being more mature than boys at that age. Mm-hmm. Finn is sort of, you know, still just going on quests all the time, no matter what he's doing, everything is a quest yeah. still. And so he uh, tends to, he rushes into to action, as we saw here, you know, got to get back to that dream. So I'm going to rush into action and uh, wind up getting himself in trouble. Yeah. But we did watch two episodes. We can talk about the other one if you'd like. We did. The uh, The other episode was uh, Season 5, Episode 29. It's called Sky Witch. And it also deals with emotional uh, weight, as it were. Yeah. Um, the episode revolves around, well, Marceline specifically, but Marceline and Bubblegum. It's a... It's a it's a Marceline and Bubblegum adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Mar- but Marceline is her quest for the day or quest for the, the episode is that the, a, a character, a, a being known as the sky, witch, Maja the uh, sky witch has, has stolen Marceline's teddy bear. And Marceline has deep emotional connections to that teddy bear and is like, and is also a very vindictive and vengeful vampire. <laughs> uh, and so is like pretty hell bent on going to get it back. Yeah, she had this teddy bear when she was running around with Simon slash Ice King like a thousand years ago. So yeah, there's right. a little bit of uh, there's an investment that she's made into this. It's maybe it's more of like a sock monkey type of a stuffed animal. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's not a it's not a specific teddy bear, but that's the closest analog to it. Um, but she's having trouble, if I remember right. She's having trouble like tr- getting into the sky, which is a boat, or she's just having trouble like tracking the sky witch in general right she enlists she enlists the help of bubblegum right to help her out and kind of pulls i i can't remember if she does it explicitly but kind of like invokes some existing friendship that they've had or relationship yeah. essentially to like get her to come along and that is the that's the subtext for the whole episode is uh-huh. the relationship between marceline and bubblegum right it's clear that there's something that happened before we came along Mm-hmm. and i think it's unclear or they're very 
well, I'll come out and say, I mean, it, to me, it read as a romantic relationship, but it, I don't know if it's meant to be that way or if it's meant to just sort of like imply that level of intensity. Yeah. Um, but it's certainly like they, it, it implied previous friendship or yeah. partnership. Well, but then I don't think really that I will spoil anything, Ben, to say that like you have just now come across like the most discussed fan question in Adventure Time. You know, when the series was on, this was PB and Marceline. Who are they? What are they? What's their relationship? Clearly okay. something there. Uh, and for the next, you know, five seasons, um, it will be uh, hinted at. And um, it's really sort of the, like, big sort of um, question mark, I guess, like, in the series that people were really uh, invested in finding out. And, of course, um, you know, you've got your, your, your fanfic and stuff like that. Um, you can imagine where oh, it might Lord. go with, with Marceline and, and Bubblegum. Uh, you sickos. Yeah. So, yes, the Marceline and Bubblegum relationship is a very important one to the show and one that we will learn more about as we go on. And I couldn't help but just, yeah, it, it becomes very clear that they're giving you these hints, but you noticed it right away yeah. in this episode. This is about their relationship. And, yeah, there, there does seem to be some kind of emotional intensity in the past. Yeah. And it's, I think, I believe represented in the episode by the fact that Bubblegum owns a t-shirt that is, seems to be more, it seems to be like Marceline style, as if like she has one of Marceline's t-shirts. Yeah. It's kind of like, or or like she, or it's or it's Bubblegum's t-shirt, but it it's like, but it looks like a Marceline kind of yeah. t-shirt. So like maybe Marceline gave it to her. It's like hard to understand, but like. There is an attachment to this T-shirt, and it, like it is a representation of their relationship, essentially, or some whatever their past relationship has been. Right. But the the the, the episode is essentially is the first half of it is them sort of questing to find to get to the lair of the Sky Witch, and it's sort of some classic like, oh, you've got to like solve these yeah. riddles or solve these puzzles to get through the obstacles, and it's a good thing that PB's there because she's super smart and because. Marceline's just pure kinetic energy essentially is like oh she's she's a little more like Finn just like action 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 right. and and PB PB is like able to kind of be like oh no like here's how you solve this puzzle and get through but they end up they end up at the house of the the sky witch and Marceline is there to fight right. essentially uh and like just battle her way back battle to getting her hambo back um but pb is a little more interest or a little more investigatory kind of investigates and figures out a little bit more about like what the sky witch wants and what the what the importance or what this what the sky witch's motivations are yeah. from kind of exploring the house and ends up determining or figuring it out that like the sky witch is like her her whole jam is she wants she her magic revolves around emotional uh emotional resonance yeah, or something like that. Yeah, she calls it psychic resonance and it seems to be like emotional yeah. investment into objects or or she right. uses objects that have that have significant emotional investment into them. Uh they they power her magic it seems. Right. So that was her interest in Hambo. Right, because Hambo is a thousand year old 
stuffed animal that that Marceline got from Simon before he was Ice King. So obviously right. her she's heart poured a thousand years is, worth of right. Yeah, a thousand years worth of emotions have been poured into this teddy bear thing, mm-hmm. uh, and so that's why it's incredibly powerful and, and desirable to the Sky Witch. But the while Marceline's battling, PB makes a deal, uh, unbeknownst to Marceline, um, and eventually um, the battle ends because the Sky Witch goes, "Okay, you can have it back. I've got something better now," and yep. and they leave, and the thing. That she got clearly, and we we see is was given to her by PB, and it's this T-shirt. Um, yeah, and it has even more psychic resonance. So you think about like, well, here's this thing, Hambo, that has a thousand years worth of emotion poured into it, mm-hmm. and somehow this T, and somehow the implication is that this T-shirt has even more emotional. Right resonance poured into it or psychic resonance poured into it so like that's where you get this like that's my that was my read on that i think that was the end was what made the you know, the relationship that's been implied feel romantic I, it doesn't have to be it could still be a deep deep friendship that's for sure but yeah whatever like there's some sort of charge to their relationship that seems to go beyond the standard platonic friendship yes there there's something in in their past and and this episode is is showing us that is basically the the function yeah. of it i i mean i was i was appreciative to have an episode that was um about these characters and like not finn and jake centric i think that's cool that they can uh just take a break and show us uh deeper sides of other characters so uh always appreciative of that um I thought the Sky Witch, I thought like the, I thought it was a nice tight episode too. I I mean, it was a very, it was like an emotionally charged episode, but it was also, it also just had a nice quest feel to it. Like I kind of liked both, both elements of it. Like the the emotions were all sort of by implication. It was like a a tone of voice that PB used to speak to to Marceline. Uh, It was like the indication that there was something there. Yeah. And other than that, like, it's like, uh, on the surface, it's like, well, you had to solve a bunch of puzzles and fight a monster. Right. Like, it was uh, a pretty standard, you know, what do you want to call it? Like, a and d style episode or just like a qu- standard quest episode. It mm-hmm. just didn't have Finn and Jake in it. So, kudos again to the writers to kind of, like, really do a great job of delivering subtext yes. to a pretty standard, fair kind of plot line. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think that actually I... We learn about Bubblegum when she trades for that T-shirt for, uh, you know, we, we learn that the the T-shirt was really important to her. But we also see Bubblegum give up this thing that is very important to her in order to get back Hambo for Marceline. So I think yeah. it's, it's doubly significant, right? It's not just mm-hmm. we see that the T-shirt that we think is associated with Marceline has a lot of psychic resonance, but also... Uh, and PB doesn't say, you know, well, here's your stupid uh, Hambo. I tr- had to trade my T-shirt for it. She's just going to let it go. She's not going to tell Marceline what she did to get Hambo back. And that's that's like a that is a magnanimous and and loving gesture to give up something yeah. that you love in order to to help the other person, and then especially not to go uh, try to do you know ask for a quid pro quo or make sure that they know what you what you gave up for them. And it's maybe the only example of PB doing that. Yes. As I've seen. Yes. Ever. 
right? Yeah, like, and even he, in this episode, you know, she's just like wants to, you know, get the quest over with and she's rolling her eyes and, you know, uh, uh-huh. very bothered by the whole thing. But then she shows at the end that there is some emotional investment somehow. Yeah, I mean, like she's there, first of all. Like right. that's like, yes, she's a, yes, she's like uh, complaining about it or sort of being passive aggressive about it but like she's still there she didn't say no and right. then yeah i was trying to think of like you're right as you described that gesture i was like oh you're right that's never happened before i mean she's done nice things before yeah that's for sure but usually in like a royal proclamation kind of way like a very public kind of way right or, i'm your princess and i'm doing this for you people Right, or it's like self-serving, like to serve her own like scientific discovery kind of needs or something like that. Like, right. she she'll do nice things, but it's never it's never been this selfless and magnanimous and and unattributed to her, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, that alone speaks to a depth of relationship that we will that I'm interested to learn more about. Yeah, I will say. Yeah, I think both these episodes were about deeper relationships than than we've had the opportunity to explore in adventure time. You know, Finn and Jake's relationship is is obviously a very deep one, but it's very different from, you know, a boyfriend girlfriend or this sort of it feels like an ancient friendship uh or relationship between PB and and Bubblegum. Mhm. It we're able to to look at, you know, more than just like how do you get along with your bros? Right. I'm curious. It leaves me curious to know when did PB appear, Mm -hmm. I guess. Like, I don't know. Because I have a, I think if I'm right, we have a pretty solid timeline in that Marceline has been around since the point of apocalypse. Right. Essentially. um, When the crazy bomb went off. Yeah. But I don't have a timeline on when PB came onto the scene, how quickly after that or not. So the uh, one thing, the one clue that we have gotten so far is is in the Simon and Marcy episode, which, you know, takes place when Marceline is young and and Ice King is still Simon, you know, very shortly, it seems after the apocalyptic bomb, uh, we do Mm -hmm. see sort of like a pink gooey substance with a face. That's it, right. It looks like, like bubblegum with a face. Yeah, and it sort of helps yeah. them. Uh, yes, and, and so I we've do remember seen that, that, but otherwise you're right. You know, there's a thousand years of history and we don't know when or how PB got involved in it. Yeah. Well, thankfully there's a ton more episodes of Adventure Time that we can watch there to are figure plenty. that out. Yeah. Uh the seemingly endless show. Yeah, once you get uh, to episode thirty in the season, you're like, wait a minute, and then you notice yeah. that season five has fifty-two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh well we'll watch all of them and we'll talk about all of them. We will. And uh that's a promise to you all out there. Uh it, it's been a good I liked these two. I would say both of these B plus A episodes for me, probably a strong probably more like an A, uh if I'm gonna grade them. Uh, in terms of my enjoyment, uh, there I, I always feel weird grading these episodes because like it's yeah. an, it's an established it's like an established show that's been already like it doesn't need my praise to be like <laughs> validated, uh, but of course uh, more just like um, on the scale of kinds of episodes I like I I thought these were really good yeah I really like the the episodes that leave you feeling like 
I want to know more and feeling like we're going to learn more. Both of those things, I think you, yeah. you were able to feel with the, the Finn and, and, and flame princess relationship and PB and Marceline. Like there's something more there and we can look forward to, to learning about it. Agreed. I do look forward to it. Before we look forward to it off mic, we should thank Will Yates, um, whom we just got to spend a little bit of time with a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Will Yates is my good friend. He he allows us to use his song Date Night from his EP I Know the Feeling uh, for our intro and outro music. So go to willyates.bandcamp.com and pay what you want for Will's electronic music. And I have it on good authority that Will's working on brand new electronic music right now. Uh, that'd Anything, be cool to listen uh, to. People might want to do online. Yeah, if you want to reach us, you should uh, head over to podventuretime at gmail.com. You can reach us t- on Twitter at podventuretime or on the Treehouse Treasure Room on Facebook. That's our Facebook page, the Treehouse Treasure Room. All those places are places yep. that you could get in touch with us. Those are the places. And uh, we'll, we'll see you there. And we will see you back in the land of ooh on the next episode of this show. Uh, until then, I have been Pat. And I've been Ben. And this has been Podventure Time. Don't go ungentle into that good night. <laughs> There's like a five second delay. At the end of the